The truth about who Jesus is and what he has done will be hated, resisted, ridiculed, and attacked. That was true while he was walking the earth, and it's still true today. Maybe you've talked with people who hated what Jesus said and stands for. That's a sad fact, but people not liking the truth doesn't change the reality of Jesus' person and work. The evidence speaks for itself. This is The Wisdom Journey, and here's Stephen Davey. Now, as we continue our chronological study through the Gospels, we're going to move from Luke's Gospel back to the Gospel of John. Since leaving the Festival of Tabernacles in the fall season, Jesus has been in the, in the region of Perea, east of Jerusalem, across the Jordan River. Uh, he's able to avoid, in this way, the, the hostile leaders of both the Romans and the Jews. Now, after a couple of months, the timeline picks up here now in John chapter 10, and it's winter time. It's time for the Feast of the Dedication, or it could be called the Feast of Lights. Today, by the way, in our day, it's called the Season of Hanukkah. Now, this feast uh, wasn't commanded in the Old Testament, but it had been celebrated for centuries because it was so important to the nation Israel. And let me tell you why. The temple in Jerusalem was purified and rededicated by a Jewish patriot named Judas Maccabeus back in 164 BC. And that was done because Antiochus IV, a Syrian invader, had gone into the temple a few years earlier and sacrificed a pig on the brazen altar. He literally offered a sacrifice of a pig to his god, Jupiter. Well, the deeper reason for doing that was to attempt to destroy the worship in the temple and and eliminate Judaism. Well, Judas Maccabeus gathered an army and eventually defeated Antiochus. And this festival of dedication marks the time when uh, he cleansed the temple and and he put it back into operation. Now, one more thing. During the temple rededication, the Jewish people supposedly witnessed a miracle. Even though there was was only enough kosher olive oil to keep the temple's giant menorah candles burning for one day, the flames continued flickering for eight days, and that allowed the priests to find a fresh supply of olive oil. Well, well, this inspired the institution of an annual eight-day festival today called Hanukkah. Now, during the festival, John chapter 10 and verse 23 tells us here that Jesus was walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. Well, it isn't going to be long before he's recognized. We're told here in verse 24 that the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, that is the Messiah, tell us plainly. Well, the truth is Jesus has already told them who he is. And he says to them here in verse 25, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me, but you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. Now, that's a 
That's a really blunt answer here. I don't think he's writing them off, by the way, as a lost cause. In fact, I believe this is an invitation. Jesus is effectively saying, you're not among my sheep, at least not yet. Now, Jesus offers these wonderful words here in verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Well, this is, this is an invitation to them and to you. Would you like to join his flock today? Would you like to say with, with King David, the Lord is my shepherd? Well, what are you waiting for? See, that's the Lord's invitation to them during this festival in Jerusalem, and it extends to you and me today. Now, if you're wondering how secure you'll be if you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, well, the Lord answers that here in verse 29. Jesus says, my Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Well, there you have it. And don't miss it here, because once again, Jesus answers their question. Yes, he is the Son of God. God the Father and the Lord Jesus are equal in essence. They are one in purpose and deity. And when Jesus declares here that I and the Father are one, that's another way of saying, look, if I'm offering you eternal life, then God the Father is offering you eternal life. If I'm telling you that you are secure in me forever, then you are secure in God the Father, and that security lasts forever. Now, is Jesus really claiming to be equally divine with God the Father here? Well, the Jewish priests and leaders certainly understood it that way because we're told here in verse 31, the Jews picked up stones again to stone him. I mean, they went out and collected stones. They got all the rocks they could put in their pockets, and they're going to stone Jesus to death. John adds that little word, again. The Jews picked up stones again. You see, this isn't the first time they've wanted to stone him to death. Now, if Jesus were an ordinary man, we might expect the text to read something like, well, after seeing the pile of rocks, Jesus and his disciples took off running for the hills. But Jesus here isn't going anywhere, at least just yet. He, he keeps engaging them in conversation. He says here in verse 32, I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of them are you going to stone me? In other words, after all you've seen me do for you, after all the people you've seen me heal, the lessons I've taught, the miracles I've performed, after all of those good works, you want to kill me? Now get this. They respond here in verse 33. It is not for a good work that we're going to stone you, but for blasphemy, because you, being a man, make yourself God. (laughs) Let me tell you, they got the point all right. People uh, today who say Jesus never claimed to be God, well, they haven't been reading the Gospel of John. So beginning uh, here in verse 34, Jesus argues back. He quotes Psalm 82 and verse 6 here, where God refers to dishonest judges as gods, and that's a little g. Uh, these, These were individuals who had been given God's authority as judges, and they were referred to as 
uh, the sons of God. That is, they were representatives of God on earth. What Jesus is saying is this. If unjust judges can be called the sons of God, well, why can't I? Especially since I've proven that I really am the son of God through my miraculous works. Jesus continues that line of reasoning here in verse 37. If I am not doing the works of my Father, then do not believe me. But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, believe the works, that you may know and understand that the Father is in me, and I am in the Father. Let me tell you, Jesus doesn't exactly expect to be believed simply by his words. He's saying here, take a look at my miraculous works. In fact, even Nicodemus, a member of Israel's Supreme Court, that's the Sanhedrin, he said back in John chapter 3, no one can perform these miraculous signs if God were not with him. This is obvious. Only God can do what Jesus is doing. Even the rabbis were teaching that God alone could heal leprosy and give sight to the blind and raise the dead. But here in the temple courtyard, These religious leaders are so blinded by their own ambition. Verse 39 says, Again they sought to arrest him, but he escaped from their hands. By the way, did Jesus give up on these rock-throwing opponents? No. He loved them so much, he went to the cross to die for them. And and his invitation here is, is open for them. And it's open until the day they die. You know, I love the fact that the book of Acts will record for us that many priests came to saving faith in the Lord Jesus, Acts chapter 6 and verse 7. You see, they just couldn't deny the evidence, the truth. They couldn't deny the empty tomb any longer. So uh, let me encourage you not to give up on those people around you who want to silence your testimony of faith in Christ. Keep loving them. Keep reaching out to them. Keep praying for them. Only God knows. But one day, they they just might realize they can't ignore the evidence any longer. And in humble faith, they will ask Jesus to be their shepherd. And they'll join you when they join the flock of God. Well, until next time, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That was Stephen Davy and a lesson he called, The Evidence Speaks for Itself. Stephen is the president of Wisdom International, and he's also the president of Shepherd's Theological Seminary. One of Stephen's passions is training and equipping men and women for service to God. That's why he founded and serves as the president of that school. You can study the Bible and theology on one of three campuses or online from wherever you are. Visit wisdomonline.org forward slash STS to learn more. And join us back here next time to continue the wisdom journey.